going to cause trouble. Scott Farrell is calling the shots from the sideline. We're going to make fun of people. We're going to hurt people's feelings. It's Farrell on the bench. I believe in whipped cream with everything. It's Pharrell on the bench in the biggest way possible. Hanging out the bad seat, a broken head, a bad apple, a bad attitude. Hanging around a bunch of bad others, bad taste, bad luck, bad dude, bad breath, bad attitude, bad vibes. We are live in the Pharrell Palatial right across the river and through the woods from where Granny loves her hybrid donuts 20% before she goes to bed in New York City. The Big Apple. Ooh. People dressed in plastic bags, directing traffic, some kind of fashion shake it up, should do it. All my friends that come around, flats of flats of party up, rats on the west side, bed bugs uptown, what a mess, is tides of tatter, my brain's splattered all over Manhattan, should do be shake it up. Edward's gigging, I'm Pharrell with Mafia tonight, and I was watching the uh, Nets and Knicks uh, at the Garden all night, crazy ending to this game, uh, the Nets won it, 116-109. But literally, in the last, like, I don't know, four minutes of the game, they literally, I mean, they may have hit two free throws, maybe three, and then, like, the Knicks outscored them, like, 17-3 to three in the last three or four minutes. It was unbelievable. They were up 20. They were kicking their ass. They were blowing them out. They were laying four and a half. I think it went to six. Uh, when we were on Coast to Coast today on Sports Grid, but, uh, you know, they end up winning by seven. So 116-109 was the final. And as usual, uh, the numbers in jeopardy because uh, they always are, aren't they? Uh, they just it, they couldn't hit the broad side of a barn the last five minutes of the game. They took KD out uh, and, and Joe Harris out. So... It was just one mistake after the next, and they just couldn't do anything. So I, I was just sitting there tripping. We welcome in all of our radio affiliates uh, on the show tonight, everybody that's listening everywhere. So anyway, uh, the final in, in this game, they win by seven, but KD was unbelievable, absolutely unbelievable. He barely tried. He was just, like, going through the motions. He wasn't banging the boards. He went 26-3 and 6 uh, dimes. He was 10 of 18 from the floor. He hit three threes, and he's like Dagger City. You know, easy money buckets, they were calling him all night, because all he does is just silk. 10 of 18, 3 of 5 from downtown, 26 points. Uh, Joey Buckets Harris, 15. Brown, 15. Brown's been playing his ass off. He had 14 rebounds. The guard, Bruce Brown. Are you kidding me? Out of Miami. This guy playing his ass off. 30 minutes, 6 of 13 from the floor. 14 rebounds and 15 points. Two dimes to go with it. I actually have to look because I know he had a bunch of offensive boards. He had six offensive boards, eight defensive boards. Guy played his ass off. I mean, it was unbelievable. And then uh, Jordan had 12 rebounds, nine points. So Green had 11 and four boards, two dimes. 
Jeff Green getting involved. The guy that they're excited about, uh, Reggie Perry out of Mississippi State, he had 11 and 5 boards. Luawu Cabarro had 13 points. Shamit had 13 points. Shamit had um, three threes. Cabarro, two threes. Chioza hit a three. Perry hit a three. Harris hit three threes. Green, three threes. KD, three threes. And remember, the big story today was that they got James Harden in a massive deal with the Rockets. And then, obviously, there were other teams involved. Cavs, Pacers, Chris LeVert, Karis LeVert ends up at Indy. Oladipo ends up in Houston with the Rockets. And Alan Froman goes to the Cavs with Torrey and Prince. I'll get into the uh, specifics of the number of, you know, draft picks, the number ones. Uh, all the pick swaps that are involved in this deal. So, I mean, it's just unbelievable that that deal was so gigantic. And, I mean, they sold the farm. They literally gave away the house. I mean, the Nets, this is like Pierce and, and the big ticket all over again, where they sold the entire franchise to get those two players. It never amounted to a hill of beans, really. Now, they have you know, done it again. I mean, they have literally given away all these picks and, and you can't even fathom how many of them there are. It's crazy. Uh, and everybody's talking about it today. Everybody's getting into it. We got into it. We talked about it on Coast to Coast all day. We interviewed uh, Greg Logan on Newsday, covers the Nets, talked all about the deal. They get hardened and that's it. So... They got James Harden, a guy that can drop, you know, 30 a night. He's done it. He's three straight scoring titles. Call the show, 844-843-6879. If sports talk stations were cars, we'd be the one that you drove the wheels off of in high school, cruising for chicks and going to the game on Friday nights, then forgetting where you parked it till Saturday morning and you had to get your buddy to drive you around looking for it. I think I see it, man. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. back with you. I just wanted to give you the uh, specifics of those uh, picks in the deal. So Houston, I thought, raked. I don't care what anybody says. There were uh, two full-type seasons left on Harden's deal and a $46.9 million player option for 22-23. And, of course, what they got in the deal is so unbelievable. So... Houston gets Victor Oladipo from the Pacers, Dante Exum from the Cavs, Radonis Kourouts from the Nets, three unprotected first-round picks in 22, 24, and 26, all in addition to four unprotected Nets pick swaps this year in 23, 25, 27, and on top of that, icing on the cake, 
next year, a 2022 Bucks first round pick via Cleveland. All of that for James Harden and and doing the deal for Oladipo for Karis LeVert. And LeVert's a badass. So, and everybody thinks that the Cavs had a huge day as well getting uh, Jared Allen from an Antorian Prince. And then the Pacers get Karis LeVert and a second round pick. So that's crazy. Here's the thing. I didn't like the Nets giving up on LeVert and, and especially Jared Allen. Jared Allen, his game is so unbelievable. He's taking it to the next level this year. He's better than Mitchell Robinson. He really is. And I know Mitchell can block some shots, but the difference is Mitchell can only dunk. He can't shoot, can't shoot uh, from the field, can't shoot free throws, can't do anything. He can dunk. He can block shots. I'll give you that. He fouls tons. He's always in foul trouble. He's in foul trouble. The minute they tip off, he's got two fouls. Then uh, you watch Allen. Allen is swatting uh, every guy in the league. You know, he, he was uh, he was going off, uh, you know, the other night he was taking on. I mean, you, it didn't matter who he was up against. Uh, he's a swatting shots. Mafia, what's the guy's name? I'm tripping right now. The Frenchman that got in all the trouble with the COVID for the Jazz. Rudy Gobert. Big fella. Uh, Gobert. He swatted Gobert twice uh, the other night. Back to back. Uh, you know, try, he tried to put back on a block, got it back, went up again, blocked him again. And he's turned his game into not only defensively and rebounding and blocking shots, but he now has incorporated his, you know, hook into it, a mini hook, and he can finish anywhere within five feet with a little finger roll hook, like a little mini hook. And he, and he does it all the time. And that's what blows my mind uh, about his game. I hate losing him. But if you're going to get a guy, now I know I think uh, obviously Harden looks fat to me and everybody, they're all making fun of how fat he looks when he's in his warm-ups, everything else. I think when he's on the floor, he looks a little, uh, you know, older, a little heavier in his, you know, junk in the trunk. And I think he's definitely got a party belly. He's got a party belly now. He goes out and parties. He goes out and drinks. He goes out and eats. He's hanging with uh, influencers, whatever you want to call them. You know, hot chicks, whatever. And he's out there drinking bottles and partying and not showing up for camp, all the rest. Trust me, he looks fat. But at the same time, and I don't even think he was trying, literally, when he was playing in Houston. He wanted out of there so bad. He wanted no part of being on this team. So he was going through the motions, painfully obvious. He was barely trying. He was averaging under 20 in his last, like, five or six games. I watched him play the Lakers the last two nights. When they got blown out by 18 and 17, he looked like ass. He did absolutely nothing. Although, when he wants to, because he didn't want to anymore, but when he wants to, Harden can go to the hole and score on anyone in the league. No one can stop him. He can drive, get past you, go to either side of the kiss, and he can also step back and dagger you from three. He can mid-range you. Uh, no one can handle his his dribble drive or his handle in itself. You know, when he goes between the legs 100 miles an hour and then he just picks his spot and he goes, he gets the dip under uh, shoulder around the defender and he's gone. And he can, he can jimmy it off the glass like no other. I mean, the guy's got every single spin, jimmy, kiss, glass shot in the book. I play with a guy that has that 
Mavi has played against him before as well. He hasn't seen him in a year or two. But I played with this guy the last 10 months. My guy, Reek, and Mavi knows this guy, this fast little brother, 100 miles an hour. I call him Lightning. And the guy's got all this Jimmy English. Uh, when he gets in on the trees, he goes into the trees and he's got all this, you know, he's, you know, spinning it, flicking it, kissing it, high off the glass, roll it off the finger, off the front of the rim. He can do whatever he wants. That's what Harden does. Whatever he wants. He does whatever he wants. And he scores whenever he wants. He could drop 30 on you in his sleep. So now, it, does this get Kyrie Irving out of his rubber room? And KD's already filling it up every night. Now, inevitably, he's going to get injured, miss games like he does. Uh, they'll sit him. He'll get nights off, whatever, wear and tear, load management, whatever you want to call it. But this guy that needs a shrink, Kyrie. Now, look, I know he's trying to save the world. He's worried about uh, cops shooting black guys. He's worried about his community. He's worried about his people. He's worried about uh, politics. He's worried about the Capitol being attacked. He's worried about all these social issues. Fair enough. I think we all are. I think a lot of people are. I think people are invested in it. I said that on Coast to Coast today, that a lot of people aren't watching that natty with Alabama and Ohio State because there's bigger fish to fry. They impeached uh, the president for the second time today. We all know what happened at the Capitol last Wednesday on the 6th. Uh, you know, people have been watching what's going on in the Capitol. People have been watching these votes on impeachment and then everybody else is watching how the hell do i get vaccinated with the covid how do i get my mother my father old people uh, first responders medical people how do how do we get these people injected with the vaccine and people aren't worried about you know sports and watching games i get that but kyrie irving fair enough fair enough he's mad about all these life issues that's great but then what is he doing he's out at parties He's not wearing a mask. He's out throwing down with his family members, his sister's birthday. Fair enough. Your sister has a birthday. You go to the party, whatever. He hasn't followed any protocol. He hasn't followed the rules. He hasn't uh, been there for his teammates. He doesn't care what Sean Marks thinks. He doesn't care what Steve Nash thinks. He thinks he's running the show. Meanwhile, he's not there. I think he's a tool. I think he's a tool for the way he behaves toward the Nets and toward the NBA and toward the fact that he's making $33 million and he hasn't earned, in my opinion, half of it based on all these games he's missing. I mean, what's he on a two week vacation doing whatever he wants? So is this going to get this guy back to the lid? Is this going to get this guy back on the floor playing every night? Because when he plays, like the other night he had an incredible game. He had like 26. He had all these dimes, all these plays he made, all these stops he made, all these passes, everything. He, he's so incredible when he plays. And that's the issue, when he plays. Because he never plays. And then I'm just waiting for him to get injured again and then miss the rest of the season. I've always said to Mafia and Carver High, he plays like 30% of the season every year. He misses 70% of the season. And that's just all there is to it. Mafia, uh, I think, do we still have Tommy and Marilyn on the line? Uh, you're on the bench. Scotty. Tommy. What's up, brother? How you doing, dude? I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. Uh, you were right. My Redskins went down badly. However, yeah. what do we do going forward? How about this kid, this quarterback? Listen, I think going forward, they have a great defensive front. They got all the talent in the world, Chase Young, et cetera, Payne, you name it. 
Kerrigan. I like this team. I think they have to figure out their situation at quarterback. I think Heineke did great. I'm not sure that they think he's the automatic future or anything like that. I think he got thrown into the mix and he did great. But I'm not sure about the future. They got McLaren, good receivers. They need more players, more talent, and they got to win more games than they did, even though they got in the playoffs. to get on the bench. And uh, I just want to give you an update. The Lakers pounded the Thunder tonight in OKC 128-99. And they just keep rolling. They're 10-3 now. Davis ended up playing. He had the toe 18-7 for AD. Braun had 26-6-7 including five threes, LeBron going off, Schroeder had 14, five and five, Pope had 10 and three boards, Morris, Markeith had 11 and seven boards, two dimes, three threes, Montrez Harrell had 21 and six, he was eight of 12 from the floor, all inside buckets, getting involved. And then on the other side, uh, Gilgis Alexander, 17. George Hill had 10. And that was about it. Roby at 11. But they got whacked by the Lakers. Okay, see now, under 500, 5 and 6. Lakers, like I said, 10 and 3. They got it done. Mavs, 104, 93 in Charlotte. They win. Uh, Luka has 34. Oh, my God. And they didn't have that on TV tonight. Imagine that. He had 34, including five threes. 34, 13 boards, nine dimes, one dime away from the triple-double. He was 14 of 25 from the floor, five of nine from downtown. He is absolutely a freak for the Pharrell. Porzingis made his debut. He had 16, four threes. Boy, do they love that guy being able to jack threes and make them and then four rebounds. I want to see what he did in terms of blocks. Two blocks tonight. His first game, 21 minutes, 6 of 16 from the floor, 4 of 9 from downtown. Hardaway had 18. He hit three threes. I mean, how about your boy, Cauley Stein? 14 rebounds tonight. For the Mavs, I like those numbers. And then uh, for the Hornets, I just want to check uh, Ball. Two of eight from the floor, 0 of four from three, seven boards, five dimes, just four points tonight in 25 minutes for Charlotte. Rozier had 18, Graham had 12, Hayward had 16 and three threes. And then P.J. Washington had 16 as well and 10 boards, six times. Big game for Washington, the double-double. 
with two threes to go with it. But Dallas wins it, 104-93. Charlotte now 500. Dallas, two games over 500 at 6-4. and four. Bucks over the Pistons, 110-101. They did not cover that 10 spot. I think it was 10, 10 and a half. 110-101 was the final. Freak with 22, 10 and 10. The triple-double. Two threes for him. And then Drew Holiday had 21, 6, and 5. Portis, Bobby Portis with 11. Forbes Magazine with 13. They shot 48% from the floor. Pistons get 22 from... Jeremy Grant, remember he came over from Denver. He hit three threes in the game. Blake Griffin hit three threes, had 12. And the kid, uh, Sadiq Bey, out of Nova, the rookie, he had a decent game. Ten points, two threes, three of eight from the floor, not bad. There you go. All right, uh, Mitch Lawrence of NBA Radio on Sirius joins us on the bench now. Of course, we're on uh, Sirius now, Sports Grid Radio Network on 204. It's great to be on satellite. I'm Pharrell. Let's bring him in. Hey, Mitch, how you doing, buddy? Scott, I'm doing real well. How are you tonight? Doing okay? Yeah, I watched the uh, the Nets-Nick game. As you know, you did as well. It wasn't as close yep. as that uh, seven-point score. They were kicking their ass. KD and, and really the starters, Harris, they left the floor with about five minutes left. And then that crew they had out there with Brown and company, and I thought Brown had an unbelievable game with 14 boards, but they couldn't hit the broad side of a barn yeah. the last five minutes of that game, letting them back in that game. Yeah, they had to put Durant back in to make sure they didn't fall on their faces and lose the game. And that was uh, KD's first time, what, doing back-to-backs, and he looks like right now he's, he's going to be in the MVP discussion. He's basically unstoppable. Um, and, you know, when they get James Harden, he'll be slotted in as the number two. So when Kyrie Irving finally, uh, like, uh, allows, you know, cuts into his time, whatever he's doing, and he gets back to playing basketball, which is he, he's paid to do, if he can work the Nets into his busy schedule, I should say, he will be the number three option. I want to see how he accepts that little role because we all know he didn't even like being the number two at points to LeBron. Uh, you know, we'll see what, uh, how, where his head is at because right now you really can't count on Kyrie. He's not buying in. That's obvious. And I'm sure there are parts where Kevin Durant must be saying, I, I'm sure Kevin Durant must be texting LeBron saying, what's, what's this all about with this guy that I'm dealing with? Well, because he's, it's just truly unbelievable. I talked about it earlier on the show, Mitch, and, and in essence what I said was I get all his uh, great things he does off the floor. I get his philanthropy. I get his politics. I get his uh, worry about the country. I get his worry about cops uh, shooting blacks. I get all of it, and I respect all of it, and I think a lot of people are concerned about those things. What happened at the Capitol, they impeached Trump for a second time. He's got all these issues off the floor, but it's okay for him to go to his, which I have no problem, he goes to his sister's birthday party, but no mask, he breaks all the protocol. He's making $33 million and the guy doesn't show up for work for two weeks. And you can't tell yeah. me that there's players on that team that 
that are, you know, finding that cool and, and are accepting that. They all work their ass off. They all grind. They all play. They all bust their ass. And this guy never shows up for work. And then you already know he misses 70% of the games every year. It's unbelievable oh, yeah. what this guy's turned into a flake. Yeah, yeah. And, it's and, you know, now, we don't know for sure, but the rumor has been that this was, you know, this was triggered by the insurrection of the angry, you know, blood, bloodthirsty mob of insurrectionists right. at the Capitol. Well, the people who were physically threatened that day, the lawmakers of this country, the people of Congress, who watched as the country was basically shut down for five hours at 8 o'clock that night, that's a week ago, Scott, they went back to work. They actually got work done, right? Remember that night? That was the whole thing about the votes. That, that night. Kyrie Irving. That night. Kyrie Irving. Kyrie Irving couldn't somehow find the same strength and report to work for the Nets. Yet these people went back to work at Congress. So it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. He's got to shape up. He really does because there are a lot of people who are casual NBA fans or NBA fans, not NBA fans, who look at it and go, you know what? People are dealing with all kinds of stuff in this country in this time. COVID, what's going on politically. Yet they seem to be able to get to their job the next day and punch the clock. Why can't this guy? So they play uh, the, they play at home against the Magic Saturday, and then he they play Monday against the Bucks. Right. And then right. uh, do you think that he'll be back playing with Harden and Durant on Saturday and Monday? Uh, no. Well, he wasn't supposed to come back till Monday anyway. Now you don't know what's going to happen in the country that could possibly trigger him going AWOL again. See, you can't really think that he's fully committed because of what he's pulled here, this stunt. And I'm telling you, you're wondering about the teammates. The one teammate who's got to be the most concerned is the guy who came to Brooklyn with him, and that's Kevin Durant. Because Kevin Durant, the one thing we know about Kevin Durant is Kevin Durant's a baller. He gets there on the court. He loves playing. He wants to play. He doesn't want to miss any games. He doesn't want to miss any action. And Kevin Durant must be wondering, I, like, really, I hooked up with this guy who doesn't want to play. He's saying all the right things publicly, but I got to think that deep down, Kevin Durant's got probably starting to question what is going on with Kyrie Irving because we've got a great thing here in Brooklyn. James Harden's coming aboard. The last thing we need is to be splintered here. Kyrie Irving needs to come back and play and earn his money. I mean, it really is truly unbelievable. I, and I have to say, tonight he tied uh, Bernard King for eight straight games of over 25 points. He had 26 tonight. Uh, but last night he had the 34, 9, and 13. I thought he looked oh, even better. Denver. That step-back yeah. dagger, the step-back dagger yeah. three to ice the game uh, against Denver was unbelievable. Tonight... It looked like he barely was even trying, and he had a 26 spot. He was going toe-to-toe -to -toe with Randall. Randall ended up with, like, yeah. 28 or 29. All I know is because he stayed in longer, and every time he touches the ball, he shoots. So, But I saw Durant tonight making passes, blocking shots. How about that Chioza tip that on the steal when he went, uh, Durant went full half court and dunked it? I mean, he looks like he's just balling out and having fun. Balling out, having fun. He, you know, he missed so much time. He wants to get back. He wants to get back into discussion as being, look, when he left, we all thought there are nights where he's the best player in the sport. Now, 
is LeBron James still the best player in the sport? Uh, yeah, he's still the best player in the sport, even at this ripe old age of, what, 36, his 18th year in the league. He started out right. as the best player in the sport. But Kevin Durant has come right back from an injury that a lot of people thought, oh, he'll be 70% or maybe only 88%. And he looks really, really close to being hey, what he uh, was Mitch, when we last saw him. Hold that thought. Uh, hold that thought, Mitch. Let's, uh, we'll come back. I want to break down the trade and get into everything with Harden coming to the Nets with Mitch Lawrence. Believe it or not, you can listen too much to us. I mean, it's possible. Get to know your family again. Did you know your wife cries herself to sleep every night? That's what she told us. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. We're talking to Mitch Lawrence of NBA Radio on SiriusXM. Don't forget, we're on SiriusXM now, Sports Grid Radio, Channel 204. Check it out. Tell your friends, tell your lover, tell your neighbor, tell your dealer, tell your lawyer, tell your enemies, tell everybody you know. Sports Grid Radio. I'm on coast to coast at 4 to 6 East and on the bench, 10 to midnight East, Monday through Friday night. So I hope you dig the shows. Anyway, Mitch, let's um, talk about, first of all, you know, for me, you know, they got hardened, fair enough. But they lost Fro, man. I loved Allen. I, I cannot believe they gave up on him. And that Jordan's their big man. He's a mess. And then and then yeah. they, they gave yeah. up on Karis LeVert, who ended up in Indy, and Oladipo with his deal that's going to expire ends up in Houston. But the key to this deal for me, for the Rockets, is the fact that they get Oladipo, Exum, Kuruks, uh, then they get the three unprotected first-round yeah. picks in 22, 24, 26, and they get four unprotected pick swaps this year, 23, 25, 27, and the next year Bucks first-round pick via Cleveland. That's an insane haul. And I actually well, heard people saying uh, those picks don't matter, and I, all I have to say about that is my ass they don't matter. I mean, those are gigantic picks. Well, it depends what they turn them into. Boston once got a ton of picks from the Nets, and one of those picks, I think, turned into Jason Tatum, right? Sam Hinkie used to hoard picks in Philadelphia. They all don't pan out. What did they get, really, for James Harden? Victor Oladipo is, what you, is the prize piece they got. He has not been the same player he was a couple of years ago when he was 13 All-NBA because he's still recovering from the quad. He's going to be a free agent, okay? Now, they had a chance to get Ben Simmons, Right, Daryl Morey, who I thought was going to pull this off because he's the big, he's got a James Harden obsession. Remember, he once said about James Harden, he's a better scorer than Michael Jordan, which we all know is a crock. But that's what he thinks about him. He's running Philly now, and he wanted James Harden, and he offered Ben Simmons and Tybal and picks. wasn't enough. So okay, so we'll see what the great, we'll see what Houston does with those picks. They could turn out to be wonderful players. You know, it's like uh, you know New Orleans. They get a tremendous amount of picks uh, for, for Anthony Davis, you know, and just some very good players, but nobody in match Anthony Davis, obviously. And Oklahoma City, Sam Presti leads the world in getting picks. You've got to turn those picks into something to really show it for this trade. So we'll see how Houston does. But they had to do something because James Harden, what he did last night was reprehensible. What he's doing, killing all his teammates. 
the whole organization basically uh, on his way out the door. And you know that he, they, they wouldn't let him go to practice today or earlier because uh, they were worried that uh, DeMarcus Cousins and John Wall there was going to be a fist fight with those guys. So they had to trade him, and they felt like they got the best they could. You know what was great was uh, I love the way Wall and, and Boogie handled it. They're like, he's a B, and, you know, he, he never yeah. showed up for work. Yeah. We all bust our ass. Yeah. Uh, Wall's like, I came back from two years out. I want a ball. Yeah. I'm not here dealing well, with this guy's crybaby stuff. I mean, this guy was the ultimate lymphoma this year that I haven't seen anything like this in a while where a player literally strong armed a franchise and just absolutely behaved, I think, like a child for the last several months. Well, we've seen this before, but you know, it's funny because James Harden was the guy who was empowered for the last few years by Daryl Morey and others in the Philly organization. And so if he wanted to get uh, Chris Paul, go get, they go get Chris Paul. If they want to get rid of Chris Paul, he wants to get rid of Chris Paul. We'll give you Russell Westbrook, and on and on and on. Um, so, yeah, this is the, you know, these type of, they're very rare, these players, but they hold all the power at these organizations. And then if it ends badly, they usually get what they want. Look what happened with Anthony Davis in New Orleans. He got what he wanted. He wanted to be a Laker, right? He strong-armed them into right. doing that trade. We'll see how that, that, that works out. So it's been done before. And now the big question is, and this is what everybody wants to know. Can James Harden change the way he, he plays? Because he's not going to be given the free reign that he had with the Houston Rockets, even though he's rejoining Mike D'Antoni, who's on Steve Nash's bench. Kevin Durant is the number one option. This is a Kevin Durant production. It's not a James Harden team. He is not the face of the franchise. The face of the franchise is Kevin Durant, and he should be. And so James Harden is going to be number two. I'm telling you, the big question is also going to be Kyrie Irving. Can he be the number three guy on this team. That remains to be seen. It's going to be very tricky for Steve Nash. Well, you know, let's say hypothetically, uh, first of all, do you think Harden looks like he's just eaten everything he's seen in the last six months? Sure. And do you think he's a fat ass? But do you think he's still capable of – because when he really wants to play, no one can stop him at all. He'll drop 30 on your face and sleep with your girlfriend. What Do you think there's any chance at all that, that Durant, Kyrie, and, and Harden, the three of them could have 25 each every single night and, and actually play together and just kick ass and take names? Well, can you count on Kyrie? I mean, Kyrie hardly no. plays even before all this stuff. So you mentioned that he's always out. So it could be a Durant-Harden production at that point, and we'll see how Kyrie factors in. Um, you know, Harden's going to get fewer shots. But Durant has to be the lead dog here. He's the alpha. And so you're asking, I mean, it looks like he's going to fulfill that role easily. But you're asking James Harden now to, to be a, basically play off of the ball at times where he's had the ball in his hands a tremendous amount. Don't forget, a couple of years ago, he was averaging 25 shots a game. Okay, just a couple of years ago. And he's had, I mean, Mike D'Antoni, he, before Mike D'Antoni got there to coach him, he was a hell of an offensive player. But Mike took his game to another level. He went to another level under Mike where he was putting up these amazing scoring streaks that were only rivaled but what Michael Jordan would do or even a Will Chamberlain, okay? Now James Harden has got to be you know, running to the corner, waiting for the ball at times. I'm telling you, it's not going to be easy. It's not going to work overnight. Yeah, they have the capability, but here's what they also need. No Jared Allen. They got no big. 
DeAndre Jordan's not the answer. They need to get more athletic up front there. They need people to do the dirty work on this team. They got plenty of flash and they got plenty of sizzle. They need guys who are going to do the dirty work, rebound, defend. That's going to be a huge problem for this team. There are going to be some nights where they're just going to flat out outscore people. There are going to be other nights where they're going to have problems doing that. So do you think that, because, uh, you know, uh, this guy Irving has said that basketball is not his priority. Do you think right. a lot of people are right. clamoring for him to just, you know, retire? Do you think he, he ain't uh, do you think he's going to walk away? I mean, no. why not? If he's no. not, if he's not willing no. to come to work no. for weeks at a time, it no. sounds like he's ready to go off the no. deep end. No, no, he's not going to walk away from all that money. He's not going to walk away. Look, he's still, let's put it this way. If he retires, what is he? No, nobody's going to quote him. Nobody's going to talk to him. Nobody wants to, nobody's going to, people are going to say, who are you? He, he, by playing, he has the ability to still tell you what he thinks about the world. And he, he, he tells you a lot. I mean, we, which we've talked about thinks he's the smartest guy around. Okay, fine. That's great. You're entitled to your opinion. He has a platform. If he doesn't play, he doesn't have a platform. Then he falls off the face of the earth, which we know is flat, right? <laughs> do you think... Um, he ain't walking so, away from that money. Come on. What else is he going to well, do with his life? Listen, it's $33 million. I wouldn't walk away. I wouldn't walk away from it either. But the guy never shows up for work. So all this talk about him playing is, is just rhetoric to me. So what's the latest on Russell Westbrook? I heard that his quad is worse than... Uh, they were saying he was going to miss a couple games. Now they're talking about him missing yeah. a month. He's regressed. I mean, this is the downside. This is what happens when a guy like him gets older. It's not going to be easy for him. You know, he's not a good look. He, he came to Washington with the same problems he's had the last few years. He's never been the greatest decision maker. His shot is bad. Three-point shooting wise, he throws the ball around all over the place. Some of us thought it would work better because of Scott Brooks, but he has really struggled at the beginning, and now you factor in the injury. It never, it's never a good thing when these guys who are basically tremendous athletes without the, the great skill level, uh, when they start, uh, you know, they're, they're, he's on the downside. So I don't expect anything out of Washington. I would still think Bradley Beal at some point is going to want to get out of there. So um, what do you think of all these games that are getting canceled? I'm not surprised. They're not in the bubble anymore. We're not in the bubble anymore, Toto. That's what, right? I mean, that's, that's the whole deal. The bubble was the greatest environment ever because it, it just, look, it was a perfect environment for players to have their best basketball games in terms of shooting. They were in empty gyms. They didn't have to play on the road in front of hostile environments. And they were basically kept away from the COVID. They, they were inside an area where the pandemic didn't reach them. Now, they're back in the real world. And so what happens in the real world? Guys are out and about. They don't, they don't uh, you know, follow the protocols of what you're supposed to be doing. Some of them just like, uh, you know, they go up after the game shaking hands, hugging people. I mean, you know, not wearing masks, whatever. And so the NBA had to crack down on them. Some, play, some players like George Hill don't like that. We'll see what happens, but I'm not surprised at all. I thought there'd be a major outbreak or two. Because this is just the way, look, it's, it's like you're, you know, it's a, they have to deal with re, the reality of the situation. They're like everybody. They want to get the vaccine as quickly as they can. That's going to help things. But before that time, there's going to be more outbreaks. There's going to be more problems. There's going to be more game cancellations. The, the last thing the league wants to do, though, is shut down or suspend play for a week or two. Because they don't want the cash cow. 
They don't want that spigot to turn off, that cash money spigot turning off. They want to keep playing, even with makeshift lineups, G League lineups, whatever they got to do. They want to keep the games clicking off. The problem is, if you're in a situation where you have where a star is out for seven to fourteen days, let's say he's out ten days, fourteen days, you have several stars out. Like Doc Rivers says, that you could go from a from a playoff team to being knocked out for playoff contention. Miss eight, wow. seven, eight games. Yeah, no doubt. And I got to tell you, I think that uh, George Hill is more about he's miserable where he is than he is about I don't want to follow the rules. I don't want to wear a mask. I don't want to uh, follow all their protocols. I think he's just miserable where he is. Mitch, I got to run great stuff tonight on Harden, Irving, Durant, the Nets, the league, COVID, everything else. Killer job. Check out uh, Mitch Lawrence on NBA Radio on SiriusXM. Thanks, Mitch. Good talking to you, brother. I'll catch up with you soon. Always a pleasure, Scotty. Thanks, man. See ya. All right, there he is. Mitch Lawrence, our good friend, a regular on the bench. I was looking at this uh, new era in Houston with Ola Depot, John Wall, and Boogie Cousins. Uh, look, I said last night I thought Boogie had the double-double. I didn't think he played bad at all, but he's another one that looks like he's just he's eaten like an entire picnic. I mean, he like ate everyone's food. I mean, he ate his food and everybody else's too. He looks like he can barely get up and down the floor. I don't think it's that hard for him to have a double-double. I don't think it's that hard for him to score. And now all of a sudden, um, that's the team they're left with. And I, I think they're – actually, I think Wall and Boogie, I think they're glad Harden's gone. I think Harden was a pain in the ass this year for sure. He was just tearing that team apart. He didn't respect anyone, his teammates or Silas whatsoever. Now I'm watching the Clippers and the Pels, 40-39, 5-20 and rolling in the second uh, before the half. And this one's at Staples in Lipstick City. I'm watching Kawhi right now with The Rock. Good game. One point game. No Zion tonight. I'll get you caught up on the games uh, that happened. This one that's going on. College rack as well. On a bench. Go with us. Toll-free 844-843-6879 to get on. The Clippers are up 45-39. Make it 48-39 after Ibaka hits a three. And uh, they're at home playing the Pels. No Zion. Uh, The game was a one-point game a minute ago. We'll keep our eyes on that. In terms of uh, productivity in that game... Uh, what I'm seeing is, you know, nobody's really doing much for the Pels. Adams has eight. Ingram has seven. Alexander, I think uh, Alexander Walker has, I think he's got the most points going right now with nine. And then uh, on the other side, PG's got nine. Kawhi, six. Batum, six. Ibaka, seven. Beverly's got six. Morris five. They're spreading it around. Zubats has four. And Sweet Lou has two. Canard three. So 48-39 right now. Clippers. And then the other game I was riding uh, tonight was the Kings at the Golden One in Sacramento. I was on them 60 
to 52. They lead with three minutes left in the second at home. This team's a game under 500. Portland's six and four going into this thing. And then uh, Lillard's got 19, McCollum 14 right now. And then Fox 15, Buddy Heald's got 12 on the other side. Now 62-54 Sacramento there. I already told you, Nets winners by seven over the Knicks. Lakers blew out the Thunder 128-99. Mavs 104-93 over the Hornets. Luka with a huge game. Bucks by nine over the Pistons. And the Grizzlies checked in. They beat the T-Wolves in many tonight. 118-107. When I come back, I'll get you caught up on everything going on in Texas and Texas Tech and College Rack. 